You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to Voluntary Vixens, where Jesse and Maddie give a female voice to news and pop culture with a libertarian twist. Join us to stay informed and challenged while keeping it sane, peaceful, and most importantly, voluntary. Hi, this is Jesse from Voluntary Vixens, and I was wanting to start off our episode today a little differently with a quote from Alexander Solzhenitsyn. It goes like this. If only there were evil people somewhere insidiously committing evil deeds, and it were necessary only to separate them from the rest of us and destroy them. But the line dividing good and evil cuts through the heart of every human being, and who is willing to destroy a piece of his own heart? Alexander knows how to really bring home a point. As you've probably noticed, I'm by myself today, again, and that's because Maddie's still in Europe, or actually Britain to be exact. Today I'm going to talk about some pretty controversial topics. We're going to talk about some pretty devastating things, mostly about young women being victims of crime. But not just that, we're going to talk about how we as a society should probably look at these types of stories And I know that I have been accused of victim blaming before, and I'm pretty sure any of us that that listen to libertarian podcasts that are kind of in that movement, we all kind of think similarly when it comes to these types of scenarios, because we have a very good understanding of what is good and evil. So I was going to talk about a few stories that have been in the headlines. The first one is going to just be a really recent one. And then I'm going to talk about more of like how Western people in particular view traveling overseas in different cultures. So we'll just kind of get started here. The first story I was talking about would be Mackenzie Lewick. She was a Utah student that went missing on June 17th. She was last seen taking a lift to meet a mysterious man in a park at about 2 a.m. in the morning. And after that, she was never seen again. Uh, I think the last person who saw her was probably the lift driver, and he saw her get into another man's car and drive off. They found, after doing some research on her online, that she was part of a community. She considered herself a sugar baby. And for those of you who aren't really familiar with what sugar babies are, they are young women who particularly are seeking out relationships with older men. In her profile, she was seeking out men over the age of 35. So she's definitely looking for a particular type of gentleman. And it didn't look like she was really looking for love. We'll just kind of say that without being too judgmental. But they found that she was also giving advice to other young possible sugar babies on how to find a sugar daddy, what kind of things that they are, those types of men are looking for. So she definitely had a present. She doesn't seem like she was really trying to hide it from anybody. I think her friends probably knew what she was up to. Not all of them, but I'm pretty sure her closest friends knew. But when they started looking through her phone, they found, or through um, records, I guess I should say, because they didn't have her phone, they found out that there was a man in particular that she was 
texting and uh, was supposed to meet that night. And his name was Ayula Adis Ajaya. He was a 31-year-old Nigerian man. When they went to interview him, they found that he had a burn pile in the back of his house. So he was highly suspicious. And from what I understand, after doing a little bit more recent research, he has officially been charged the city where she's from salt lake city they talk about how they're probably going to start putting up cameras in the public park so that things like this don't happen anymore i think her being a sugar baby probably makes made her a little bit of a target i mean not everybody like we've just talked about are, are looking at being the best people in the world the next story i was going to talk about which was also in the news has been in the news this week Paul Joseph Watson actually covered it in his news coverage in Summit Summit News, which is a new company he started. And he talked about the journalist. She's actually Somali. Her name is Hoden Nalaya. I think that's how you say it. Hoden Nalaya. She is a journalist who decided that she was going to do some traveling in her home country of Somalia to prove how beautiful it was. And then eventually on this trip ends up dying in a terrorist attack called the Kismayo attack. 26 people killed in this attack on a hotel where regional politicians and Klan elders were discussing forthcoming elections. Another story, a couple from Washington, D.C. Lauren Gagan and Jay Austin, they decided to go bike riding through Tajikistan, I guess to prove that not everybody is as evil and dangerous as we think they are in these types of countries. Well, they end up getting run over by a car and stabbed to death and ISIS claimed responsibility. And then another story that was also in the news, Italian woman Pippa, I think her last name is pronounced Baccia, B-A-C-C-A. She hitchhiked from Italy, or the plan was, we'll say, to hitchhike from Italy to Israel to promote world peace. She is a, or was a performance artist, and she was actually hitchhiking with a friend of hers. On this particular leg, particular leg of the trip, she was separated from her friend. They were, had plans to meet up in Beirut, so she was hitchhiking through Turkey by herself. Well, they found her body in a ditch off the side of the road. She had been raped and murdered, obviously. They did find the guy who was responsible for it. But the thing that was weird about her scenario is like she was a performance artist and there they her and her friend were there's pictures of them dressed in wedding dresses. I guess they were hitchhiking in wedding dresses for part of this trip. It's sad because she never really made it to the destination that she was supposed to make it to. Now we're gonna move kind of from Europe and America and the Middle East to South America. I just kind of found this story tonight, actually, when I was going back over my notes, and I thought I would add this in. It's a story that I found at the New York Times about Carla Stefaniak. I can't, I don't know if that's pronounced correctly either. Her body was found wrapped in plastic outside of the gated community where her Airbnb was at, and the security guard of that particular area was charged with her murder, as well as, I don't think anybody else was charged with that, actually, sorry. And then she, the thing about Stephanie, or Carla Stefaniak, she was traveling by herself. And when she was on, the night before her murder, she was on the phone with a friend. She said that there was, she just felt like something sketchy was happening. She kind of knew something was wrong when she got there, I think. And then 
another story coming out of South America. Maria Jose Coney, 22, and Marina Menegazzo, 21, both raped and murdered in a town in Ecuador called Montanita. Both their bodies were found on the beach, one with their skull bashed in. Later that year, two British female travelers were also raped, but luckily they were not killed. They were able to report their crime, but they decided to report their crime in Quito, which is the capital of Ecuador. In the article that I read, it talked about how that town of Montanita is well known for sexual assault. And many women are warned not to go walking on the beach at night alone or even in pairs. So that that should tell you something. I could go on with many other stories similar to this, but I think that we kind of get the point. A lot of these things seem to be the first one, the first story about Mackenzie being the sugar baby. I mean, it just sounds like she just has had made multiple decisions that put her at risk. Anytime that you like put yourself out online, advertise yourself out as a sugar baby, I think it's pretty clear, maybe not to her, but to most men that you are not looking for a relationship. You're kind of looking for a mutually agreed upon type of partnership, maybe where you're willing to give something in return for something, which most of us who are in this movement are not completely against. We agree that voluntary exchanges are part of it. It may be that that's what was happening for most of this, but I think that also being in her 20s, her young 20s, she didn't I don't think she calculated the risk that she was taking, especially at two o'clock in the morning, going into a public park, meeting with somebody that you probably haven't really vetted or know very well is not a good idea. I remember online dating and I would call my friend, tell her what, what restaurant I was going to and the name of the guy that I was with. Um, I always made sure to find out who the guy was first and last name. I would look him up online to make sure that the picture on the profile is the same picture on their social media. And I would also look at them on when I met them on the, on my date in a public place, driving separate cars, made sure that I never gave my address to the guy unless I knew that it was going somewhere and I trusted him. But that's not always the case, I think, for a lot of young women. I don't think they think about how much danger they put themselves into. I remember being naive, but I don't ever remember my being that naive. And that could be because my, I, maybe I've, I've, I've got anxiety. <laughs> my mom definitely, I remember on my first date, she gave me a $20 bill. And I asked her what the $20 bill was for because I was going on a date with a guy. He's going to pay for everything, right? And she said... If he doesn't pay for everything or if you need to go and get change for, you know, this is before cell phones, guys. So it kind of tells you like how old I am, at least before when everybody had a cell phone. She said, you can go get some change and you can call me from a pay phone if something happens and you need to get away. So I learned early to definitely watch out for myself. Thanks to mom. I do think that... And this is not something that I really, I guess I don't bring it up very lightly, but I think it makes sense in this context 
Um, I have, have myself have been a victim of sexual assault. So I remember, you know, I probably shouldn't have gone to the parties that I went to at some points. And looking back, I probably, basically, I think that things I would have done differently is I probably would have made a few different decisions. We'll just keep it at that. But there are definitely going to be things that I will talk to my daughter about and warn her about so that she doesn't have to go through what I went through. And I'm not bringing this up because I want sympathy. I'm just bringing it up because it's something that I learned my lesson from. And no, I don't feel like a victim. And no, I don't feel like I am like ruined because of it. I do feel like it was definitely at that time a very hard time in my life. But I had a lot of people who loved me and and helped me and listened to me. But I'm also the type of person that I don't like to dwell on things for too long or be out of commission for too long, if that makes sense. So I did everything right, went to the hospital, got my self checked out, made a report, did everything right. Unfortunately, as most of you probably know, a lot of rape kits end up being pretty much, I don't know, lost. There's millions of rape kits out there that have never been tested or have seen the light of day. So my situation probably will never be resolved unless I decide to keep pressing charges. And that's a whole nother episode. A lot of these women are pretty, maybe we're, we live in a naive society now. You know, America and Western Europe, I don't think Eastern Europe is quite as naive as we are on the West side. Maybe they are, I, I could be wrong. But I feel like we just, that is just like the perfect example of a privileged society that we, we assume that when we go to other countries that they have the same values for human life and dignity that we do, which of course they do not. And I think it's pretty obvious, and it used to be pretty obvious, that when you go to the Middle East, you dress a certain way, you carry yourself a certain way, and most women are not supposed to be alone. I remember just when I went to the Middle East in 2000, it was considered disrespectful, not just to the men, but to people who had to look at you for women to walk in front of their husbands. In certain countries, if that was ever seen on the street, there would definitely be like immediate retribution. Like in Saudi Arabia, a woman would be publicly beaten for something like that. I don't understand the idea of some of these people not doing their research. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. Like Tajikistan, I'm pretty sure just a woman in her biking uniform is considered like obscene because it's skin tight. To us, we're so used to seeing that kind of stuff. It's not a big deal, but to them, in their country, in their culture, their women are completely covered up. So you don't see that kind of stuff. Um, Even in India, when I was wearing nursing scrubs, which I thought were pretty loose, that was considered like sexy to Indian men because they're used to women wearing, covering up their bottoms. They, the midriff, they can wear the saris. If you've ever seen a sari, it's like a halter top kind of with a wrap dress. And so the midriff is seen and it's not considered a big deal really. But if you see a woman's like legs and butt area, if, if that's defined by pants in any way, it's considered like the next thing to 
nakedness. So I just don't understand. I guess I'm confused because I remember when I was going to the Middle East and going to India, I would just get all these books and read and read and read about what I could wear, what was appropriate, how not to be offensive because even some of your hand gestures are considered very offensive like a thumbs up can be kind of the equivalent to like flipping somebody off so which makes me wonder about the hitchhikers <laughs> like I don't know <laughs> what they did and then showing the bottom of your foot a woman in general in some areas of the Middle East not covering her hair not covering her arms I know in India if you didn't cover your arms with a shawl or something, it was, you know, considered being naked. So just do a little research, you know, and you might have avoided some of this stuff. It's just dangerous. It's just downright dangerous. One of the things, too, I wanted to point out, because I was doing a little research, I noticed this year there were two articles that the New York Times had come out in, two, in 2019 in March. On March 25th, 2019 to be exact, there was an article that was titled Adventurous Alone Attacked. And that's where I got the story about Carla Stefaniak, the girl in, who got murdered in Costa Rica. And then there was another article that was published the next day. And it said, don't succumb to fear. Women share travel safety tips. So it was kind of like the New York Times was schizophrenic about what they wanted to say. It's like on one hand they're saying, oh, it's so dangerous for women to travel by themselves. Look at all these stories of horrific things that have happened. And then it was like, the last paragraph was like, but women don't ask for these type of things. Okay, we get, we know that. No woman is really gonna ask to be raped and murdered. Thanks for being so brave and bold and telling us that. And then the second article is like, don't be afraid to travel. Do what you wanna do just here's some safety tips and it's like yeah but you still shouldn't travel by yourself in fact I get on my husband's nerves because maybe my anxiety is so much because of things that have happened to me maybe I've always had anxiety but I don't even like it sometimes when he goes running by himself at nighttime I remember when he was training for the Pittsburgh Marathon and he would go the only time that he could really fit in a good long run would be at nighttime and so he would go run at night when the lights are out <laughs> like when the sun is down and he would run around downtown where I live we have a lot of trails called it's called the greenway and people have been stabbed on the greenway you know I just yes there's only been two people stabbed that I know of and maybe one woman who was like molested by a crazy man but Phil my husband, I still thought, you know, this isn't a good idea. And he's going to be wearing headphones. So if somebody snuck up behind him, they could just grab him and stab him or something. And he just thinks that I'm insane for thinking that because he's a guy, number one. And number two, he's like over, he's like six foot five. He's a big guy. So he thinks that no one's going to really mess with him. But I'm just thinking like, if I were a crazy predator... I would definitely go after that big tall guy who's running a long distance because he's probably wearing himself out. So, I mean, pff, he's probably too tired to really like fight. So, and plus if I have a gun, I could just take him out right there. But that's just my sociopathic brain. So I don't think that it's really safe, especially going to some of these countries 
where they don't have the same value for that we that we do i mean me and uh, maddie talked about in our episode on feminism about how we have we come from a judeo-christian background where people have human value i mean all humans regardless of race regardless of gender regardless of how much money you have you have a value we're supposed to uphold that value in each other but not every culture feels the same way (laughs) so we have to understand that when we travel to other cultures that that's not going to be the case but even beyond that when we are even in our own culture not everybody adopts that mentality obviously that's why we have people who murder that's why we have people who rape they clearly do not adopt those values internally so i think when alexander zolchanitsyn is talking about how that dividing line is within our own hearts he is so right because it all depends on that where does that line end and where does it start you know Not everybody's line is right down the middle or, you know, more on the good side and less on the bad side. And just because you know somebody, some, you know, you just may not know everybody. I think, and I could be wrong, I have been told by people on the left that libertarians are so just idealistic. We think that people are so good because we think that we're, you know, because we think that people will spontaneously come together and agree upon doing what is right. But that's so far from the truth as far as I see it, and I could be wrong. If there's anybody that (laughs) thinks differently, let me know. But I think that libertarians, voluntarists, we know that people have a capacity to be just unbelievably evil. And I think that because we know that we don't trust a government or a centralized government or a, you know, autocratic leader to be able to take over for the rest of us and tell us what to do, because that is giving too much power to one group of people or one person in particular who has the capacity for great amounts of evil and we also know that when people have a taste of power they can easily be corrupted so isn't it better to split apart all of that take away that centralized power and give it back to the individuals and the individuals can decide for themselves what they want to do that's all i'm saying with that and i think that that sums it up pretty well that no we will never stamp out evil I hate to break it to you guys, but racism is always going to happen. It's always going to exist. Murder, rape, as much as I would like, it will always exist as long as human beings exist on this planet. But we can educate ourselves and we can protect ourselves, which is why we love the Second Amendment and we don't want to ever see that taken away. We also like freedom of speech because with freedom of speech... You can warn others about the dangers of the world, which today, if you go around saying that if you go to Tajikistan, you might get run over and stabbed to death. Today, you might be called a racist just for saying that. You could lose your job. You get kicked out of 
Miss America pageants. Just like, uh, what was it? Mrs. Miss Michigan lost, she had to give up her sash because she made a statement that there is a problem with black on black violence in her particular state. Yeah. Um, statistically, it's she's accurate. She's not lying about that. But to say that, she's just a white supremacist racist, and which is kind of weird because she's Asian. I don't know how that works. Another thing I was gonna I was gonna do was let you guys listen to this <laughs> this clip. There is this clip I saw online. It was I actually saw it on Facebook probably about a month ago. Somebody had posted it. And it's of this journalist from the BBC. She is a host for a show on BBC One. And she hosts a show called Sex in Weird Places, I believe is what it's called. Well, in this particular clip, she's in Turkey. And she's covering a story about a brothel in Turkey that the prostitutes are primarily transgendered. And she's interviewing a group of men outside of this brothel about why they go there. I'm just going to let this clip run and then I'll talk about it. So talk me through what's hardcore to you. You insert your penis into their ass. Would you describe yourselves as straight guys? Bisexuals? <laughs> So why are you using trans prostitutes? Is there anything you would like to ask me? You just you just want to have sex with me? Are you being serious? Because I'm actually starting to feel quite insulted. The assumption that you have made that I am just going to leap onto you because you have shown me one bit of interest. That's not how women operate. It's not how all women work. I can't talk to the women working here. Me and my camera, a bad for business. <laughs> All right. So at the end of the clip, she pretty much got kicked out by the prostitutes. They told her to leave because she was ruining their job or ruining their business. So that is a perfect example of how a Western woman who's going to a country that is primarily male-dominated, mostly Muslim religion, um, and asking men these detailed questions about their sexual preferences and not thinking for one second that that is going to bring upon herself sexual harassment. I mean, these are men who are not used to women asking these kinds of questions. She's asking them detailed questions about what hardcore sex is. So, of course, they think that she is asking to have sex with them. So they're telling her that we would like to have sex with you. And she's getting insulted by that. I think that's pretty much like how most of the women on the left are. White women in particular, I make jokes about that. I know that sounds sexist and racist, but you know, it's kind of true. I mean, white women are always the first ones to get offended by everything. (laughs) But yeah, she brought it on herself. She brought upon that herself because she didn't do the research ahead of time. Men are men in Turkey. I mean, even though we think that Turkey is very westernized, they have very traditional values about very traditional Muslim values about women's roles are women are this way and men are that way. 
And if a woman is being upfront about her sexuality and, uh, and asking questions about their sexuality, they automatically make the assumption that you want to have sex with them. In fact, I kind of ran across this a little bit when I was in India and the Middle East, not as much as some of my other friends did because I tried to cover up as much as possible, but just wearing something that might be a little bit, show, like let's say just shows a little bit of cleavage they might take that as you being very forward that you're asking for it. And if I remember during the Arab spring, there was a lot of incidences of young women being assaulted in the, um, in a lot of these, uh, especially in Egypt during a lot of the protests in Egypt, because they were trying to remove Mubarak. There was a interview that somebody did. I wish I could, you know, now that I'm talking about it, I wish I had gotten that clip out and got it out. But it talks about, or it's, it's a, uh, somebody interviewing a man and asking him, look, if you see a woman wearing some specific type of clothing, I don't remember what it was, what do you, what do you think about that? And he, the man replied, well, I would rape her because obviously she's wanting it if she's wearing that. So that just kind of tells you just where that culture's at. Like I said, not everybody is like that, but we would be completely stupid and naive if we didn't automatically make the assumption that there's got to be that element out there somewhere, right? So I guess I'm just going to end it here. This is just going to be a shorter episode because, you know, I feel like the last two episodes were pretty long. My interview with um, my teacher friend went on for a while and you know, the last episode that me and Maddie did together was almost an hour. So this is a pretty good place to end it. First off, I'm just going to say, let's just be safe. Let's just protect ourselves as much as we can. At least in this country, we still have a right to own a gun and protect ourselves. But we also, you know, for our loved ones, let's just be there for them. It doesn't have to be victim blaming or I don't know what you would call it if it's before something happens. But, you know, just you know, be there for your loved ones. Tell your young women to be thinking wisely about what they wear and where they go and how they get there, especially when they're dating, what signs to look for, that maybe they don't need to be giving their address out to people right away, meet up with the guy at a public place with friends, give everybody his information. Another thing I was thinking that I should have done when I was dating online was taking a picture of the guy's car, like his license plate, so that if something did happen, I could send that text before I even go in and then they would have his license plate number. Just so you know. So those are some ideas that you can give your your friends or your daughters or your mothers if she's out dating, you know. But I think it's true for men too. Men, watch out for yourself. Men are actually more likely to be assaulted and murdered than women are in some cases. They're not going to be raped all the time, but that is a high, it actually is a lot higher rate of that happening than we realize. So men, protect yourselves too. And I'm just going to end it with Maddie's saying, which is just keep it sane, keep it peaceful, and most of all, keep it voluntary. We'll see you again with Maddie when she's back from her, her European excursion. Just so you guys know, you can always find us on Twitter at vixens voluntary 
and we have a gmail account voluntaryvixens at gmail.com we're very active on instagram even though i am trying to pick up a little bit more on twitter but we're definitely on instagram at voluntary vixens podcast i believe is what we call it and then what else we have a patreon patreon.com slash vixens um these are capital v's by the way vixens underscore voluntary we're part of the make liberty great again pod uh podcast network so um there's obviously the make liberty great again podcast with cam and phil i forgot to mention phil in the last one i called him dave because i was on a dave kick i guess and then there's also the morning drive with david his podcast which is you know nice and short and sweet if you just want a nice little rant that's what you got with david we also have thank you for your servers which is hosted by Thaddeus Preston and Gary Guthrie. And then there's also Techno Agorist by Ryan Burgett. I think that's everybody. All of them are worth a listen if you have, have the time. And yeah, just reach out to us if you have any questions about anything or if you think that we forgot something that we need to mention or you have any ideas for future podcasts on any of those. All right, adios. See you later. Mm-hmm.